Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Catherine Miller. I am the founder of the Miller Law Group and a trainer at the Center for Understanding and Conflict. And I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And I'm thrilled to welcome back to the show, Ellen Bruno. Ellen is an award-winning documentary filmmaker based in San Francisco. With a background in international relief work, Ellen's films have focused on issues at the forefront of human rights. And along those lines, Ellen set on a journey to make a film that represented the unfiltered experience of children when their parents separated and split the early years the film was created. Ten years later, Ellen checked in with those same 12 kids, now teens and young adults, and found they had a lot more to say about their divorce journey. And together, they created Split Up, the Teen Years, and the Split Outreach Project. Ellen Bruno, thank you so much for coming back to Divorce Dialogues. Thank you so much for having me. And, you know, before we start talking about the second film, I I just want to say for the listeners that the first film is such an amazingly raw, it appears, I'm sure a lot of editing went into it, but it just appears to be sort of unvarnished voices of children that, I mean, for me, I just burst into tears just within the first few minutes and you know, kept the tissues coming <laughs> the whole way through. Not mm-hmm. only because it's a, it's, it's a painful story, but because the opportunity to hear from children. We talk about it so much in the field, in the divorce field, and parents always worry about it so much. But this opportunity to hear from children, from their voices, through your lens, is really an amazing opportunity. And so I just want to thank you for that work. Well, I'll see if you have any comments about that. Well, I I think that, of course, all of our efforts are towards really trying to to hear children, to do what's best for the children. But really, when do we actually have the opportunity to hear the voices of these children? You know, certainly not in in the whole court proceeding. There's no opportunity for that. And there's very little opportunity to really hear from the kids. And so... It really is, you know, out of the voice of of babes, right? I mean, it really is a very unfiltered telling of their experience, which really in their hearts and minds as their parents go through this complicated and exhausting process of divorce and separation, especially the way we tend to do it in our culture, which really tends to not be very supportive of children or parents. You know, it's, it's so based in conflict and it's so difficult to get out of the stuck places that our families and people around us tend to support in a lot of unconscious ways, you know, the way it's very easy for them to say, oh, yeah, you know, your husband was always a jerk or, you know, your wife was always irresponsible. And there's this way that our, I think people around us and in our culture feel they're supporting us by speaking badly of the other parent. And there's a lot we need to learn about. There's a lot of change that needs to happen in the culture of divorce in this culture, in this country. And so that's that's really our mission. And these kids are incredible ambassadors because they're just telling it like it is. And oftentimes people say, where did you find these kids? You know, they're so articulate. They're so 
speaking so clearly about their experiences. And what we found is that kids are rarely given a really true opportunity to talk about what's going on for them. It's such a complicated equation when their parents are so distracted by what they're going through in the process and so exhausted emotionally and psychologically oftentimes that it almost becomes intolerable to know what really is happening for your children. So what's really nice about the film, both films really is there's a comfortable distance between parents and these truths. The parents aren't hearing directly from their children at that point about their struggles, which can sometimes be overwhelming. They're listening to other kids talk about the struggles they're having during separation and divorce. And that clearly rings true for parents. It clearly informs the parents, but it it serves up the information in a way that's sort of tolerable when parents are kind of at the end of the rope and pretty exhausted. So um, things we find that parents are very open to listening to what these kids have to say. I'm not saying that it, it's not difficult sometimes for them to hear how divorce is affecting children, but I think these kids do a very good job of talking about the difficulties they have and some of the unexpected advantages that they have. And they're survivors. They're kids that have kind of been through it, come out the other end, and both for parents and for other children, there are 12 examples of kids that are really, for the most part, flourishing despite the difficulties they've been through. And so ultimately, I think the films lean in the direction of encouraging and positive support, but in a very realistic and straightforward way. And one of the things that really strikes me when I watch your films is the amount of the, the compassion that these children have for their parents, for the most part. You know, they they speak about things right. that are painful, but with so much love. And I think that, you know, speaking of this idea of conflict in our culture, it sort of feels that's not the expectation. You know, like, this happened, it stinks, you should be mad, right? And there should be anger. But there there's there's pain, but there's so much love there. Is, is that your experience of it as well, or is it just me? <laughs> No, no, very much. And I think that's, you know, with both films, both when the kids were younger, it's 6 to 12 years old, and when they're older, 16 to 22 years old, there was very, there were very clear themes that emerged from the stories they told at the two different ages. What we found in was quite profound was the degree to which, when the kids were older, they talked about how much time and energy they spent in their childhoods taking care of their parents. And I think that's an important lesson. You know, the kids are spending a lot of emotional energy worrying about being fair to their parents. You know, one one of the girls in Split Up talks about, well, I think about my time like the pie chart, you know, 25% to my mother, 25% to my father. And then, you know, and it really is this equation that they're constantly sort of tabulating, okay, if I spend too much time with my dad, my mom will think, if I spend too much time, you know, if I if I leave too early on my birthday to go to my dad, then my mom will have feelings hurt. So there's this way that these kids are taking on a lot of burden in terms of caretaking their parents, and I think parents really don't under, understand the extent of that. And what we found was a lot of these kids, as older teens and young adults, were really very clear on their need to understand how to take better care of themselves. 
you know, and they're getting to the point as older teens and young adults where they're finally saying, okay, but what about me? Yes, this is what my mom wants or this is what my dad wants, but what do I need as I move forward and learn to become an adult? I need to learn how to take care of myself. And one of the girls actually says it's like when you're on a plane and the the oxygen mask falls, you need to put it over your face before you can take care of other people. And so there really is quite a bit of conversation about the what's being asked of our kids in this process. Not only are these kids trying to go to school, figure out who they are as teens and young adults, you figure out their path in the world, but they're also very preoccupied with you know, making sure that their parents are doing okay and that they're keeping a, a good balance of, of fairness between the parents. And and they're picking up slack in ways that I'm not sure parents aren't in terms of needing to be emotional support when their parents are really stressed out, needing to be logistical support in terms of taking care of younger siblings or or helping out in the house in ways that is putting a further burden on them because there are fewer adults in the house. So there's a whole host of ways that these kids are participating in a very sincere and profound way in the functioning of the family. And that's taking away from the time and the energy that they really should be putting to other things. And so we're really hoping that that's one of the key lessons of the new film is, you know, listen to this and give your kids the ticket to just be kids as often as you can, and help them understand that they don't need to take responsibility for the adult lives, for their parents' lives, for their parents' functioning, as some of them do. I'm Catherine Miller, and you're listening to Divorce Dialogues here on WVOX 1460 AM in Westchester County every other Wednesday from 5 to 5.30, bringing you the information and thoughtful dialogue that you need to divorce with dignity. And we're also available as a podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'm speaking today with Alan Bruno, the filmmaker of the film Split the Early Years, but also the more recent Split the Teen Years and also creator of the Split Outreach Project. So, Alan, what was it that, that how did this film come about that you ended up making these films in the first place? Well, when I was a kid, I, I grew up in a very a small town in Rhode Island, in the Italian community there, and nobody was divorced. And when my parents got divorced when I was 12, you know, really the way that they thought to best take care of us was to just keep silent. You know, the kids don't need to know. Let's pretend nothing really happened. Let's not talk about it. And that really left us in a really difficult situation where we had no idea what was going on. And clearly there was trauma happening in the family. And my parents were clearly upset for several months beforehand. And yet without the information, we were left to our own, the devices of our own imaginations. And as we know, kids have wild imaginations. And so it was actually quite difficult. And I thought, wow, if I ever get married, I'm never going to get divorced. That's, I remember thinking that so clearly. Well, I got married and I got divorced with, with two small children. And I realized 30 years later, as much as we think the culture of divorce has changed, in many ways it really has not, and especially when it comes to communication with the children. And so I thought, okay, well, for my kids alone, I want to create something where my kids can watch a film and they can hear from other kids, real straight talk from other kids, where they can feel like we'll somehow normalize the process for them, make them realize they can get through it, they can get to the other side, and to encourage them to communicate and open up. So 
that was the real motivation. It was really giving something to kids where it's just kids talking to kids, no experts, no adults, you know, the unfiltered truth of, of these 12 kids. And kids find it incredibly comforting to watch the film, you know, because they feel like they're not being sold a bill of goods. They're not getting there. Everything's going to be okay. Kind of band-aid. You know, these kids are talking about the parts that are hard and the parts that are good. And it's clear that you can see in the spirit of these children that they have survived and they are thriving. And so that alone is hugely encouraging and comforting for these kids. And I've had, had kids tell me that they like watching it when they're upset. They actually, it's their go-to when they're upset and that they trust the kids. Several kids have told me, I really trust those kids. And, you know, as we know, kids listen to kids oftentimes a lot more deeply than they listen to the adults in their lives. And so it turned out to be very effective for kids to encourage kids, to comfort them, to normalize the situation, to kind of shine the light under the, under the bed, you know, under the monsters under the bed for these kids. And it turns out that it also is a very effective way when parents watch the film of turning of, of reducing sort of their bitterness and their anger and their resentment, you know, that keeps them trapped in unskillful choices as they move through divorce. And it roots them more in the heart of the children. And so if they can watch the film be brought back to their heart, which is truly the best interest, what is the best interest of their children? What do their children really need? Apart from the other parent who brings up all of these difficult emotions, what can a parent do to really meet the needs of their kids? It's a very effective way of getting parents to refocus on their kids and from that place move forward and make more skillful choices about, you know, the time sharing and, you know, the way they choose to, parents choose to talk about the other parent, the way parents choose to maybe gather somewhat more regularly in support of their child at school events and all of these mundane things which parents tend to overlook sometimes how profoundly important it is to have both parents in one place at the same time for a major life event. And so it's the films have been very effective in terms of turning parents in a more really profound way to, to really how, to, how, how they can best serve their parents, like serve their children and move through more skillfully. You know, one thing I think is really effective about the films for both for children and for parents is that there's no apparent agenda that these kids have. They're just telling the viewer about their own experience. They're not trying to convince anybody about anything, right? I mean, maybe that's your view, but they're not, right? And they, and they think, therefore, are right. really, really trustworthy about talking about their own experience. They're not saying, well, you know, you kind of should do it this way. You know, they're just saying, this is the experience this that I had. Do with it what you will. And it's super, super powerful. It, this really was a collaboration with these kids. And when I approached the kids, I said, look, this is the idea. Do you want to work together? Your experience is really valuable to other kids that are just beginning, that may be afraid, that have a lot of anxiety, that don't know what to expect. And would you be willing to share your experiences? Because it'll be really helpful for other kids that are just at the beginning of this, this path. And so it was with that spirit that these kids participated 
and and that was so beautiful. It was it was very empowering for these twelve kids to take part in this project because they suddenly were their their experience was valued and they shared it in a way that was profoundly valuable to other kids. And so that's why there was such a overwhelming response when the idea of a sequel ten years later came up because it had been a real a profound moment for them in, in their understanding of their experience as well. And so they all stepped forward for round two in that same spirit. And so that was very encouraging for us, the production team. You had 100% participation in the in the yes. Yes. sequel, right? Yes. Yeah, and yes. I, I think that's really amazing. And, and, and what I hear you saying is that for the kids themselves, it was a really powerful experience to participate and probably healing in some way for themselves. Is that your inter- interpretation of seeing them in the second go-round? Very much, yeah. And it was interesting because a lot of the kids would quote parts of the film, so clearly it had been something that they had spent a lot of time with and intention on within their families. And even for the opening, the first public opening screening that we had of the first film, Split, it was the first time that some of those kids had actually been with a parent on either side of them in the theater. And it was such a beautiful thing to see with that child, both parents so proud of that child's participation and to see them there together. And I got two or three letters from parents after the screening of these 12 families saying this was the most healing thing for our family. We had not been able to come together before to do anything wow. in support of our child in this way. And so that was that was really lovely. That's a wonderful thing to be able to give back to those families. Yes. I'm Catherine Miller, and you're listening to Divorce Dialogues here on WVOX 1460 every other Wednesday from 5 to 5.30. We're also available as a podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on the podcast website, divorcedialogues.com. And I'm speaking today with Alan Bruno, the filmmaker of Split the Early Years and but the teen years. And Alan, if people want to learn more about the film, how can they, if they want to see it or they want to learn more about how to use it, how can they do that? Well, I did want to mention that we developed a really wonderful, we call it the split guide. And it's actually a a very beautifully produced guide where a parent or a professional can watch the film in the, there are 15 chapters in the film, both films, and they can refer to this guide, and the guide gives them language templates, you know, ways to begin conversations with their children about each of the issues covered in each of the films, and so that's very helpful. So both films and the guide are available on our website, which is splitfilm.org, S-P-L-I-T-F-I-L-M.org, and there are various ways to access the material, and all the options are there on the website. That's great. And and tell me a little bit about the Split Outreach Project. What is that? Well, we have a we have big plans. I mean, I, I appreciate your when you talk about the, your efforts to change divorce, and I, I we really we really have a mission to do the same is to really use these materials to really encourage conversation with children encourage more collaborative separations and the use of mediation. And and so what the Split Outreach Project does is we're partnering with national organizations, for example, uh, collaborative lawyers, mediators, social workers, the NAACP. We're 
partnering with groups that are working in the prison systems to bring these materials into the prison systems. We're working to look at various cultures within the U.S. and find ways to work with different communities within the U.S., including the LGBTQ communities. And um, so we're really taking a very broad approach to partnering with national organizations that through their communication systems and through their programs can take these materials and use them. And we're also doing a series of screenings and trainings with law professionals, mediators, collaborative lawyers. We are reaching into the court systems. The films are already being used in several court systems throughout the country where before you enter the court system as part of your orientation, you are required to watch one of the films. And so we're really taking a... We're trying to make the materials as available as we can. And, you know, one of our, of course, most important end users are families and the children. And so we're sort of dependent on programs like this to let families know that these materials are available. We're doing a lot of work in social media, trying to reach as many families as possible. So we are working with a Christina McGee, who's a divorce professional in Houston, Texas, who is been doing uh, programming and divorce coaching for many years as our subject area expert and, and our primary trainer. So we have big plans and we are casting a wide net. So we're excited and we're at the very beginning of, of this kind of outreach for the programs. That's really amazing work that you're doing. So Alan Bruno, what are some of the universal truths that came out of your interviews in, in these films? Well, you know, one of the big ones, and it was true for the younger kids and true for the older kids, is this idea that there is still some idea in these kids' minds that this divorce was somehow their fault. And, of course, you read about this, and it was one of those kind of truths, quote-unquote, that I wasn't quite convinced of. Is this really true? I mean, how could that be? And now I understand. Literally, at some point in each of the interviews, that came up that it could be in the forefront of some kids' psyche and it could be way in the back. But, you know, kids would eventually would, would say at some point something like, you know, I realized that when my father disappeared, it took me all of these years to realize that that actually wasn't my fault. You know, and so the idea of fault, and it can't be stressed enough how often parents need to say to these kids, this is between your parents. This is not your fault. We have loved you. We always love you. That will not change. This isn't, this is between the two parents. This has nothing to do with you. And that seems like an obvious thing that doesn't need saying, but it's incredible how often that came up in our conversations. As I spoke earlier, this idea of caretaking the parents is another issue. And I think parents need to be really aware that that does become a burden on these kids. And parents need to get clear on what their kids need to be, the boundaries in terms of what's expected of their kids in terms of caretaking. Parents need to get the help they need. That does not mean going to their children for emotional or logistical support, if at all possible. Another thing that was a little sobering for me was this, many of the kids talked about really not believing in marriage or not believing in relationships. They found that as uh, teens and young adults, they were very hesitant um, around relationships, interpersonal relationships, romantic relationships. 
they didn't have a lot of faith in relationships. Now, of course, you could say, well, that's obvious, but it's profound as well. You know, and I think that the most important thing that we could see across the board was the healthier the parents were, the less conflict parents were having, the more cooperative parents were, the more parents got together for graduations and birthdays and even Thanksgiving and Christmas sometimes. By far, those kids were far more well-adjusted and believed more in the future of an actual, you know, viable relationship for themselves and really, for the most part, had fewer issues and were well-grounded and doing better than the other kids. The relationship between conflict and their children's well-being was profound. So, Alan Bruno, just in the last minute that we have, if people are in the midst of a divorce with children or just contemplating it, what, what advice do you have for them to keep first and foremost in their minds? Find ways to really open up a dialogue with your kids. Really invite them continually to talk about what's going on. You know, don't try to fix things and, you know, just listen to what they have to say. Being heard is so healing for these kids. Oftentimes they just need to express what is in their hearts and in their minds, and then they can move forward. So keep the doors open. Let the kids know it is okay to talk about even or especially the difficult things. And, yeah. I think we're out of time, but that's wonderful advice. And again, thank you so much for being my guest. 